Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need more peace and to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. <coughs> That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Melitina Staniuta. Melitina is a rhythmic gymnastics champion, a three-time world all-around bronze medalist, the 2015 European Games all-around bronze medalist, the 2014 European Championships all-around silver medalist, and 2009 Grand Prix Final all-around bronze medalist, an Olympian in 2012 and 2016, a struggler with the dictatorship in Belarus, and she refuses to accept the wrongs happening there, a UNHCR Belarus celebrity supporter, and she lived in exile in Kiev as her second home before the war. Militina, how are you today? Hey, how are you? Happy to join you and happy to share my story. Well, quite different, but it's okay. Let's start. Let's start our conversation. Thank you. And I'm happy and honored to hear, to listen, to feel, to understand, because it's very important to not stay silent about these things. And I want to hear your story as someone with the nationality of Belarus who has been against the war, yet you try to live a peaceful life and, and find another home in Europe, but it was very difficult for you. Can you share details about that and bring awareness to situations of people who maybe have the wrong nationality somehow, but they're against the war and they don't deserve to live in those situations? Yeah, that really bothers me and my friends who have to leave Belarus in 2020 after the presidential elections, uh, it's been obvious that it's been faked, the results, and lots of people been uh, against that. We just wanted our our voices to be really counted. And there have been like peaceful protests in the streets, people been saying something um, in uh, social media, for example, me. I started to raise my voice even before the elections when I have seen like peaceful protests of people uh, trying to be heard on the streets of the Belarus, uh, being severely, you know, uh, stopped by uh, by the right police. So I wrote my message in the in, in Facebook and and uh, Instagram that I'm living 
in a peaceful country, in democratic country, and if I'm not doing something out of law, I should I should be uh, I should be protected by the law. And uh, if I can just stay in the street and clap my hands, it's been our Belarusian way to protest, just to stay in the street and clap hands. Uh, that's not, you know, something forbidden according to the law. But unfortunately, it's been like severely stopped. So after that, after that, I, uh, I have posted on my social media. I've been working on television those times. I've been fired from television because they thought it's something extremism to say like something like that, something against the uh, the president and and against the government. So to keep uh, freedom, lots of Belarusians just left in 2020. Belarus uh, mostly to Ukraine, Poland and Lithuania, but I moved to Ukraine and I've been living there with the other Belarusians who doesn't have the opportunity to be back safe in Belarus. So we found our home in Ukraine, but the war started. The war started, unfortunately. So once again, Belarusians with Ukrainians have had to leave the country. And right now, I mean, thanks to lots of countries, they are the way supporting Ukrainians, but not Belarusians. And that's a pity. So I'm the way trying to legalize myself in the other country. It's almost a year. Yeah, it's actually a year. I'm trying to find the job. I'm trying to find the legal stay because with Belarusian passport, you cannot stay uh, without visa in Euro European Union or in US or in UK. So, but we don't have the opportunity to go back neither to Belarus because we can be imprisoned because our uh, thoughts and some messages against the dictatorship against the violence in Belarus, nor back to Ukraine because, uh, because it's war there, it's dangerous for the life. So that's, that's a struggle. That's really struggle because everyone judges upon your nationality, upon your passport. Yes, unfortunately, right now I'm Belarusian together with the Russian ones. I'm the representative on aggression in Ukraine. But it's a pity that, you know, people in administrative part and upon the law as well are judging upon the nationality when they see Belarusian or Russian passport. Uh, they don't ask you which is your position, which is your personal position upon the uh, upon the war, and they just like no, you are not Ukrainian. We upon the law, we don't have something to to help you to legalize. So yeah, like that. That sounds absolutely horrible, and it's not judging the person by who they are, but through stereotypes literally and prejudice and it's really really hard and i understand you as a champion as someone who can find ways to find a visa that could work for people who are highly skilled or highly qualified but can you share what's your opinion on 
the possibilities, the options for other people who are fleeing Belarus to find freedom abroad? What struggles do they have? Anything you have discovered, maybe a place they should consider going to because they will find more help and more possibilities. Please share more mm-hmm. about like your friends or any people you know who might be struggling, but they don't have such important qualifications that can make even like 5% easier for them, which is still horrible to you. But can you share a bit more about that? So as I know, upon my friends uh, who left Ukraine, uh, who are Belarusians, they could find a bit easier ways to legalize in Poland or Lithuania. So those countries are the way more flexible and a bit more helpful for Belarusians who lived in Ukraine. But it's again, it's still, it's still not easy. And upon the stories, I know the other friends, also Belarusians, who decided just to stay in Ukraine, they thought, like, yeah, to leave the country and to start one more legalizing is quite hard. So they decided, yeah, it's dangerous. It's like the, the muscles, the, the bombs are the way flying, but at least they have home to stay. So... That, again, it's it's a pity for for both situations, but I know as well that people are Belarusians are just staying in Ukraine because they have like you know the roof and the bed to stay to 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 sleep. That is really 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 hard. I understand that, and the world nowadays seems to be a real mess. I know that one of the important things for you is helping. The next generation, all the little girls who want to get into gymnastics, how does that give you like passion or happiness in your life? Why is it meaningful to you? And what things do you want to create to in the next generations? What values, what attitudes, what perspectives do you want to create through gymnastics? Well, I always thought that if you're become recognizable, if you are becoming uh, famous, like an idol in sports, cinema, in whatever, your mission is not just, you know, gaining medals, is to be an example. And as rhythmic gymnastics sports is very young sport, uh, we are starting doing professional gymnastics at the age of three, four, five, and we are al- already finishing at 20, 21, 22 years old. So uh, I see that the majority of wh- for whom I am idle are adolescents and, and children. And that's our future. And uh, I would love to be like real, the one, an example for them, not only in rhythmic gymnastics, but in the real life, upon my thoughts, my values, and uh, through social media as well. And of course, when I'm doing those, uh, those trainings all over the world, we say it like master classes or training camps, uh, when I communicate with the girls, I'm trying to 
to give them not only the skills in rhythmic gymnastics, but some values as uh, you can be super talented, but without work, nothing going to happen. Or to listen and to respect uh, older people or teachers. Or to understand uh, that, yeah, sports is concurrence, but you should never wish your, uh, for example, your teammate or someone from the Arabs, the country you are um, competing with, something bad because it's going to be like a boomerang. And yeah, there are like lots of those tiny things to. Like I'm doing this a bit like sports education, which really will help not just in the in the sports life, and it helped me a lot during um, those you know crazy year when I left several times countries. Uh, that to see my goal and understand that without moving, without you know searching for the ways to solve the problem. Same been, you know, in sports, just without, you know, searching for the ways to to clean the catch or the throw or, or to, you know, to make better some body difficulty, nothing will happen. So we can, you know, we can switch all the skills we, we get in sports to the normal life. Thank you. And I notice you're speaking about some of the values that are absolutely magnificent that you're installing into the younger generation. Yet it seems to be missing nowadays, maybe because of social media or the pandemic or the wars, etc. A lot of little girls and teenagers don't feel confident, they don't feel beautiful, they don't feel their voices should be heard or that they can be successful and therefore maybe they become depressed or they just do not follow their goals. What about you when, for example, that year that was hard or even before allowed you to speak loudly in Belarus during the time of dictatorship when the election was rigged or anything like that. How did you gain that confidence? And what is your advice to women and girls all over the world who feel they're not living their courage because they feel, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not valuable and worthy? First of all, I would love to say that uh during, uh, like even before the elections, uh, I've been, I told already, I've been working on television and actually I became the first woman from TV hosting Belarusian, uh, part who spoke loudly and so fearless. But probably I haven't actually, yeah. And afterwards I got, you know, from the streets, from the men, they've been, oh my God, you, our Belarusian girls are so fearless. You're so strong. And it made me like more and more confident. What I want to say that that's great when you have such people around you who, who makes you feel better, who inspires you. It can be your mother, father, friends, people in the streets. So 
I'm sure that everyone faced, you know, some bad conversations, some some humiliating even current conversations or or text, but they're always good and bad. We cannot be focused on you know on the on not positive parts. So I would like to say that uh, we all are much stronger than we think. And uh, just, you know, try not to focus on the dark and try to find this little light. It can be, you know, nice text. It can be like inspirational uh, movie or, 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 or a book or, I don't know, just someone nearby you who is, who is believing in you. That's very important to believe in yourself and to hear this small support which which we do all have. Uh, thank you, Melitina, very, very much. And I'm curious about you because maybe a lot of people, they see your image, they see you maybe like you said on TV or see your performances and or, or they look at you on Instagram and social media so they have an impression about you. What are some things that you wish people will know about you as a person that maybe they don't really see when they first have that first impression of you from far away from social media? Uh, good question. Probably if you say about social media, I'm trying right now not to share the struggling part of my life because I know... It's hard for lots of us. Like literally, we are living in a very uh, difficult time, and behind the nice picture, there are lo lots of thoughts, lots of ways to solve the problem. Because there are still, I have like still lots of problem with my immigration, and I'm still trying to find myself to live, to earn money, but I don't want to translate it in the mass, in, uh, in, in, in Instagram. So I'm trying to keep a you know, nice picture and to if someone look at the picture in my social media or read some thoughts there, they can be a bit inspired, but just know that yeah, behind every like nice picture, there are lots of, you know, lots of complicated hours, nights, days, and thoughts. But I'm trying not to give up. <laughs> Thank you. And it makes me even more curious. And this is not really related to you, but I believe it can be very good advice. There are some people who, when they reach their goals, they just stop. They have no more desire. They say, I'm retired. They get fat. <laughs> They finish working. What keeps you moving, keeps you going? And what is your advice to such people who maybe feel they lose their motivation after they have that medal or have that goal in order to not feel like life ended and that they're old already at a young age or anything like that? I will not tell the fairy tale. We are human and humans, and uh, I am as well. I'm a woman, so I remember myself from a young age. I was tired. I was a bit upset if something haven't been going good. If I haven't been winning, or I haven't been like catching the thing, the the hoop or the ball, I have catched like lots of time. Of course, we are. 
we have like all those ups and downs and i remember myself uh, saying that that's let's finish the sport i don't want it anymore i'm so tired i'm yeah but that's good that i had this emotions i allowed to have those you know let's say not positive days and not being like too confident in the result that's good so we all need you know to explode uh and then just it can could be in a day it can could be in the night it can be in a few hours i just remembered what's my goal what i am here for, for and what will make me happy and that's the last part i mean making me happy is uh the most important one so also um we have just one life and the worst feeling we can have it's a regret that we haven't done till 100% to to please ourselves to reach the goal that we for example gave up too fast too easy and this regretting feeling sometimes is just the way like eating you from the bottom of your heart or soul so if before giving up please ask yourself if you will not regret if you stop doing something right now this yeah i'm sure that regret is the worst the worst in our lives the worst feeling i agree 100% and my goal is to have a life of no regrets and often we regret not doing things rather than doing them and failing often failing becomes a lesson or a good story or at least a memory to remember when you're 60 or older and yeah. think yes i lived my life with a lot of bravery courage and i did not limit myself so it's absolutely a horrible feeling to regret and honestly i don't know I know and I do not think or feel at all you deserve the situation you are in. I hope you get good news soon. I hope there will be victory for Ukraine and democracy in Belarus and that everybody can be peaceful and happy and live in harmony. And thank you, Melitina, for sharing your voice for this episode. It's my honor and my privilege. Thank you so much and thank you for your wishes for Ukraine and Belarus. <laughs>